0: You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's no huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart.
1: Let's take you across the league and focus on the coaching carousel with Dan Granziano from ESPN. You see him on NFL Live, other quality programs. Dan, thanks so much for taking the time. Let's start in Indy. Does the fact that, according to reports, Josh McDaniels may be willing to leave the Patriots to become the new head coach of the Colts suggest he has confidence Andrew Luck's going to be fully healthy next season?
2: Yeah, it does to me. I certainly wouldn't take that job if I weren't certain of that. But, I mean, I guess I just wonder how certain you could be. Like, even if you get all the reassurances from the doctors and the team, you know, the the team as recently as August was expecting him to play at some point this season, and he didn't. So, uh, it seems risky to me, or else maybe he just really likes Jacoby Brissett, who he knows from New England. But, uh, yeah, I would think that if if McDaniels is going there, and the indications are that he will, uh, that he has received – sufficient confident answers about uh Andrew Luck's prognosis
0: Dan when you look at Pittsburgh and you see how this offense was so explosive all the talent was arguably one of the most explosive offenses in the game they've underachieved this year you see the bickering back and forth of what you hear from the outside in between Ben and Todd uh, Todd Haley do you see Todd coming back as the offensive coordinator
2: next year I, that's a good question. I, I think, you know, with the contract up and all this noise about it, I, I guess if I had to bet one way, I would say probably not, but you know, the two questions there are who is Pittsburgh have in mind to replace him if they're making a move and where is he going? If it's him that wants to make the move right now, you know, he, is he going to go to Arizona and be an offensive coordinator? If Mike Munchak gets that job, you know, is, so there, there may be some things in the works there, but, uh, it sounds like that could be, they could be headed for a parting there, and if that's the case, um, you know, I, I, it's fascinating to see. I'm sure people will climb all over each other to get a chance to be an offensive coordinator for a team that has. Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell. I mean, right, like that, wouldn't you? That, that offensive line, I think that would be a pretty desirable job. So um, we'll see. I, I also wonder what it means in terms of what they'll want to do going forward because you wouldn't think they'd want to change what they're running on offense um, considering how successful it's been. But uh, But it does seem like that could be headed for a split there in Pittsburgh, yeah.
1: Yeah, and we're in the storytelling business. It's all about content, so it's good for us that Ben is so candid, but when he goes on the radio and says, effectively, he didn't have the freedom to audibleize at the line of scrimmage and check into a quarterback sneak, just the latest example that it feels like we're always talking about something in Pittsburgh. Why do you think yeah. we have drama to dissect all the time when it comes to the Steelers?
2: First of all, I'm a little skeptical about that uh, about that claim by Ben on the radio. I I, I find it Difficult to believe that a quarterback with his level of experience and success doesn't have the freedom to audible. But uh, that aside, in answer to your question, you know you have big personalities. You have you have people who uh, are, are confident in what they do and confident in in you know expressing what they think about what they do. You have a Pittsburgh locker room. I spent a week there last last week. It's a remarkable locker room from the standpoint of a reporter because. You know there's so many guys in there that that aren't that don't seem afraid to talk to you right that they're confident they're self assured they are to a certain extent grown ups and I think that that's unusual and then we're not used to hearing come out of an NFL locker room what comes out of Pittsburgh. now, why is it Pittsburgh? Well, I think there's an atmosphere there um, that that encourages these guys to be themselves to express themselves to not worry about and hide behind. You know, whatever rules of decorum may govern uh, a locker room like, say, the one in New England where it's buttoned up. Um, and I also think, you know, you have, a, you have a, a, a feeling at the organization that the coach, Mike Tomlin, can, can handle it. Like if a distraction does pop up because of something somebody says uh, or something somebody does, uh, that, that Tomlin can get a lid on it and, and communicate effectively, hey guys, it's all well and good, say what you want to say, be you. But, you know, come Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, especially Sunday, let's make sure our focus is where it needs to be. Now, all the issues that came up this year were what they are. They still got to 13-3, and and um, and obviously they lost in the playoffs sooner than they expected to. But they lost to a team that, obviously, based on two games worth of evidence, was a pretty bad matchup for them.
0: And when you look at the Steelers and, and how they actually ended that last game, let's just say... If they pooch punt it or, or let's say kick it or yeah. squib kick it, excuse me, with two minutes and 18 seconds left, we wouldn't probably even be having this conversation. But what does that say to Mike Tomlin? I mean, you hear you hear, you hear the loose lips being being run just a little bit. And then you make these types of mistakes in games. Is this indicative to, to how he coaches a football team and maybe a little too loosey goosey?
2: Uh, I guess, you know, losing lends itself to that kind of analysis, right? I mean, like, that opens you up to it. If you're going to mess up strategy at the end of a playoff game and you're going to lose it and it's going to be on a week where your star running back was talking about his contract and one of your safeties was talking about the Patriots and not the Jaguars, you, you, that that all, it's all there. It's all fair game. And I'm sure if Mike Tomlin were listening, he'd say, look, I, you know, I deserve it all. We lost. Um, big picture, though, yeah, the record of success is too good. I, I just I, I have a hard time buying into the notion of judging a head coach on his most recent loss, uh, no matter how significant it is, no matter how directly responsible for it he may have been. Yeah, onside kick strategy at the end of that game played a role, but yeah, you know, so did being down twenty-one nothing. You know, so so did uh, not being able to convert two fourth and ones uh, because of, of weird calls where they ran sideways instead of forward. Uh, you know, so did not having Ryan Shazier, you know what I mean? Like, There's so much that goes into it, um, and it's it's the business he's chosen, and he knows he's going to take it. But uh, I I have a hard time getting to the point of, oh, Mike Tomlin is a bad coach or he doesn't have control over his team. I I just think the record has been too good, uh, and I give him the benefit of the doubt.
1: Hey, you around the league with Dan Graziano of ESPN. Dan, I guess we should wait until we get the outcome of the Super Bowl, but you know how it works in our business. we got to spin it forward. No, no, it's still. Yeah. Baseless speculation and up. just wild prognostication. Yeah. How do you think the Vikings are going to handle Case Keenum's contract situation?
2: That's a good question. I think the Vikings probably bring Keenum back, and I think they probably bring Teddy Bridgewater back. Uh, and, and I think that becomes a situation going forward where maybe Keenum starts camp as the starter based on his success this year. Maybe if he doesn't sustain that success, the contract is structured in a way that that, uh, that enables the Vikings to get some relief, and maybe Bridgewater is there as a the guy that they, they, they still think highly of. Uh, a lot of it depends on what Keenum wants. You know, is he going to want to? Let's say he goes and wins the Super Bowl. Uh, is he going to want to max out his next contract because this is peak value for him? Um, and if that's something is going to want to commit to. So I, I think just reading the tea leaves and, and, and talking to people around the situation, my guess, vaguely educated guess, uh, is that they bring back Keenum on some kind of really nice contract. But if he decides he wants to get as much as possible, he might be able to go out on the market and do that. I mean, think about, like, you know, you guys who have gotten signed in recent years, you know, who have done nothing like what uh, what Keenum has already done, regardless of what happens the rest of the way. I mean, you know, the contract Brock Osweiler got, he should be able to say to teams, hey, I deserve a lot more than that. What did that guy ever accomplish compared to what I have? So um, if he decides he wants to go see how much he's worth, Uh, then all bets are off, and he becomes one more very fascinating part of an off-season quarterback picture that I think is kind of unprecedented.
0: What about Blake Bortles in Jacksonville? Did did the last game pretty much solidify his opportunity to maintain being a quarterback, and not just because he played well, but just because the organization believes in him and looking at how they play the game defensively, running the football, Blake Bortles just don't screw it up?
2: Don't screw it up. He had to make a couple of big throws for them late in that game, and he made the throws he had to make. You saw the week before against Buffalo, that seemed like they were afraid to ask him to do anything. You go back to the beginning of December, first two or three games in December, he was one of the better quarterbacks in the whole league, and then he finished the season with like five interceptions in two games. The problem is the lack of consistency, right, and therefore a lack of trust. You can have three great games in a row, but then still sort of the, the turnover bug kind of looms. So, what do you do with Bortles? They have a $19 million option on him for next year that they've picked up, but it's only guaranteed against injury until the first day of the league year. They could still cut him if he's healthy, uh, if they decide they have a better option. Or they could go to him and say, hey, Blake, you know we're thinking about a new deal for this kind of money. It's less than what you've got now, but the alternative is we cut you. Uh, and then maybe they bring him back on a more affordable deal, and then they bring in other options. Right? I think Jacksonville will address the quarterback position with, with options that aren't Bortles, either in addition to or instead of Bortles, and I think that, that, that that's one of their big aspects of their offseason. What do they do at quarterback long term? Because I just don't know. They like Bortles more than most people on the outside do, but I don't think they're to the point where they feel like they can fully trust him and that's so important when you get to these big-time games. He came through for them on Sunday. If he comes through them for them again this Sunday in Foxboro, then maybe the picture changes a little bit. But as of right now, I think they're thinking about multiple possible options for quarterback for next year and beyond.
1: Dan, we enjoy your work on ESPN, so thanks so much for giving us a few minutes today here on the NFL on TuneIn.
2: Oh, it's my pleasure, guys. Thank you for having me.